بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Whenever anybody treats us or is, does us some, something like a physician, a doctor then we generally express our gratitude and the greater the favor the greater the assistance then the greater is our gratitude so for example if there's a lawyer who helps us out or a solicitor who helps us out we express our gratitude we feel obliged in fact it's a human feeling to feel obliged only the very hard-hearted would take assistance and not say anything and expect that they deserved it so and in fact many of these peoples we may we may not have a personal relationship with them we have no other obligation to them somebody just helped us out in fact we call a call center to sort something out for us and we feel that they went out of their way to do something for us and they helped us out we feel obliged in our heart a human has this quality that they will actually feel obliged towards such a person and they will thank them and even after you put your phone down you'll they will be in your memory for a while that, oh, that was a really good person. So we feel obliged even without having any kind of relationship. I mean, they may have just been doing their professional obligation. That's just their training. That's just the way they do things. In fact, they do it because they want more customers. So they want good customer service. But we still feel obliged. So it doesn't matter what their intentions or motivations were. The fact that they assisted us and we feel good about it we feel obliged because of that. And that's why uh, there's an Arabic proverb which says that uh, man is a sl slave of favors. Al-insanu abdul ihsan. Al-insanu abdul ihsan. A human being is a slave of favors. So this is just the natural feeling we have to, be, to feel obliged towards people who benefit us in any way whatsoever. So then... Who has been our greatest benefactor? Who have we benefited from among creation, among human beings, more than any other? Undeniably. Mercy to all of all, all kind, mankind, all the universe. And that is our beloved messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He was obviously sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a mercy, you know, to the worlds. And the sacrifices that he made were obviously not hidden upon us. We, we've just had Rabiul Awwal, we've had numerous Sira conferences, right? We've had numerous discussions about the Prophet ﷺ, lectures, bayans, nasheeds, very much part and parcel. But have we ever thought about it as he being the one who's benefited us greatly? So how much obligation we must feel. So the way that we can express the best way to express our thanks and gratitude to the Prophet ﷺ, he taught us himself. Man salla alayya, sallu alayya. Allah says it in the Quran, the Prophet ﷺ taught us himself. And in it is actually benefit from, for us anyway. But this is our obligation to him. And Allah gives us, in, incentivizes this. You send blessings which is a right upon you for your messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But you will also be rewarded. 
So it's not just the demand, it's not just a demand of altruism or something like that. It's you're getting something out of this. It's almost like an obligation that we must do this. Because, because of what he brought us, our hereafter is sorted. Our hereafter is sold. At least we get a ticket. Now we may have to go through some hurdles. Allah protect us and Allah preserve us. But at least inshallah by love of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we've at least got entry into paradise. At least we've got the ticket of la ilaha illallah. Obviously his favors, we can't enumerate them. His generosity, we have to be, even if we were eternally grateful to him, that may not be sufficient. So we're indebted to him for everything basically, because that's where we're going to get everlasting felicity from. So unlike praising other people, which is just a basic thing that you do, invoking blessings on the Messenger of Allah gives us something back. You praise somebody else, if they see you and they like your praise, then it might do something for you. But sometimes we praise people or feel good about them without them doing anything for us. They don't even know, in fact, we're praising them. They just, they just left a very good taste in our mouth. So we talk too well about them. We may use their services again. They personally may not benefit. They may come out of that job tomorrow and it'll be the, the boss of the company that's going to benefit or the shareholders or whoever it is. But with the Prophet ﷺ, he actually said that whoever sends one blessing upon me, man salla alayya wahida, sallallahu alayhi biha ashra, ten times Allah will send blessings upon him. And to be honest, just one of those blessings would be sufficient for us. One blessing from Allah would be sufficient for us. If it comes in the, in the, in the way that we want it, and if we've got the right recipi- uh, uh, reception of it, it'd be sufficient. And we get ten of it. Each time we say his name and send blessings. So at the end of the day, we're not doing him a favor really. This is just Allah's way of keeping us connected to him and incentivizing that by telling us that you'll be rewarded and you'll receive blessings. And the benefit in it for us is that we become closer to Allah by being closer to his messenger because that's the only way really we're going to get anywhere in this world and in the hereafter. That's why Abu Muhammad al-Marjani says that your invoking blessings upon him is in reality praying for yourself. Since the benefits of it are returning to you. So, sending blessings upon him helps to then, because every time you mention something or someone more in a favorable way, you actually develop love for them. Again, that's another human trait. Psychologically, the more you mention somebody, unless you're criticizing them or you're cursing them or insulting them, which basically means that you're probably just going to increase in your hatred for them. But if it's praise, then the idea is that eventually that praise is going to be a, be a reality or more of a reality. You're going to think more of it. Why do I keep doing this? And thus, you will basically begin to love him more. And then Allah will give you the blessing and that will inshallah create. And then the Prophet ﷺ himself Numerous ahadith show that those who, uh, who send the most blessings upon him are the closest to him. So there must be something going on there that is making us even more closer to the Prophet ﷺ. So now we get love. And actually love is one of the components of faith. Love of the Prophet ﷺ is known to be a component of faith. You cannot be fully mu'min until you love Allah and the Messenger more than everything, everything else. 
So it just, it's just all working out. Our whole deen is kind of working out here. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu relates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, The closest to me on the Day of Judgment will be the one who invokes blessings upon me most abundantly. Hadith of Tirmidhi. Now, I'm going to, what we're going to do today is we're just going to go through a list without mentioning every hadith and its reference, because that would take a long time. We don't have that time. But what I will mention, and this is primarily taken from one of the greatest books on this subject by Imam Sakhawi, uh, called Al-Qawlul Badir, right? which truly is Al-Qawlul Badir. Right? It's truly an amazing work like that. Um, unprecedented almost in the way he's put things together about just an entire book on praising the Prophet an entire book on that subject in a few hundred pages so what he does is he collects together all the hadith that give us any virtue that mentions any virtue for salat and salam now obviously over the course of our lives in different lectures and, um, and, and from different places we've heard the different virtues but this is and you'll be amazed at the virtues for sending blessings on the Prophet ﷺ. So, some are those which are from hadith directly, and then there are numerous others that are from experience. They're experiential blessings. That people have experienced that when they do so much salawat on the Prophet ﷺ, this is the consequence, this is the result. Allah has kept a, an efficacy in it, an athar. So, Shamsuddin al-Sakhawi, who died in 902 Hijri, which is 1496, 1500, that's about over 500 years ago, right? He mentions the following. Um, his, his entire book's name is actually very interesting. Al-Qawlul Badi fi salati al-Habibi shafi which means the eloquent word concerning the blessings on the beloved intercessor. So, these are some of them. Allah, His angels, and His messenger send mercy on the one who invokes blessings upon the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa so you send one blessing on the Prophet Allah, His angels, you will also get from there. It's almost like you're, 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 you say it once and you get this benefit. Such a person's wrongdoings are expiated. Anybody who sends blessings, your sins, it helps to get your sins alleviated and expiated. His good deeds are increased and purified. Basically, due to the barakah of it, your good deeds will increase. Your love for the Prophet increases, love for your deen increases, your good deeds increase. His status is elevated in the sight of Allah. So you get closer. That means when, you, when we finally get into Jannah, we'll be in a higher place. Just to give you an idea, everything counts to get a higher place in Jannah. That, that's where the distinction comes about. Going into Jannah for everybody who says La ilaha illallah. But where you get to in Jannah depends on your a'mal and God's grace. So for example, the poor person gets into Jannah faster than the wealthy person in general. Because they've got less tax forms to fill in. They've got less, less problems, right? So they get in faster. But when the wealthy guy who's done some good deeds go in, he's actually higher up. And thalika fadrullahi yu'tihi man yasha. So likewise, those who are abundantly sending Prophet their blessings, right, or sending, invoking blessings, then they're going to be higher up because the status of that person is elevated. And of course, if it increases your love, then anta ma'aman ahab, as the Prophet told the person who come and said, you know, you're going to leave us or eventually we won't be able to, in paradise, we're, we're going to, uh, after we get away from this world, we're not going to be basically together. 
And in paradise you're going to be up there somewhere. I'm using in my own words. So the Prophet ﷺ gave him a lot of comfort by, by saying that you will be with whom you love. Now this is another interesting narration he mentions. That the blessings themselves seek forgiveness for him and his sins are forgiven. The blessings themselves, almost like they become an entity, a conscious, rational entity seeking blood. That's all their function is. That they seek blessings for the person who seeks them. Allah loves His Prophet wasallam, so everything related to him is abundant. Okay, the next point he mentions is that a qirat. And in this context, a qirat, which is an Arabic measure, which is equivalent to Mount Uhud in this description here, of reward is allotted to the person. Meaning that is how much you'll get if you say it with sincerity. Like you could get a huge reward. His rewards are weighed by a perfect scale on the Day of Judgment. So you've got a special scale for weighing the deeds, which is probably tipped in our balance anyway, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His generosity. For whoever makes it... Now, this, is, this, this one is... Whoever makes it his complete regimen by day and night... Listen carefully. Whoever makes salawat, his daily regimen of day and night, that's all he does. In every moment he has extra, he's just doing salawat. Then both his worldly and otherworldly matters are taken care of. And his wrongdoings are wiped away. Now, how does that happen? Now, I'm going to explain what I think are the logistics of this. When you dedicate your night and day to sending blessings on the Prophet and that is loved by Allah, then essentially you're not making any other dua. That's the point here. You're, all you're doing in your dua and your regimen is to seek blessing on the Prophet You're not saying, oh Allah, give me this and give me that. All you're doing is send blessing on the Prophet So what Allah is then promising, in this case, or what the Prophet promised, is that Allah will then take care of your every, every need of this world and the hereafter, and Allah knows best what we need, so we don't even have to ask Him. But that is very difficult, because we're selfish. So we're not going to give up the opportunity to ask Allah for what we want. Especially when you make salawat, your du'as are accepted, so you add something. But this person has so much tawakkul in Allah, and so much reliance on what the Prophet ﷺ has said, that he just says, I'm not going to ask Allah for anything, I'm just going to ask Him to send blessing on the Prophet ﷺ. There's another similar hadith to that about reading the Qur'an, about, about the Qur'an, that whoever just, that's all he does. In all the extra time, aside from his other important tasks, whatever that he needs to do, is just reading Qur'an, Allah will suffice him. Because the idea is that you give yourself to me, I'll give you whatever you need and more. And I know Allah is saying what you need better than what you think you need. That's the blessing here. It is... Uh, and these are other, other benefits. It, se sending blessings on the Prophet ﷺ is superior to freeing slaves, which has a huge reward in Islam. That became the culture. Free slave, free slaves, free slaves. Excuses of freeing slaves. You do this, free a slave as a penalty. So freeing slaves, which was like the norm in the world until about 100 years ago. Right? Nobody ever talked about abolishing slavery until about 100 years ago. When the Industrial Revolution took place, and they found that you could use machines to think that's when people thought about doing this. Otherwise, until then, nobody ever came up with the idea of abolishing slavery. 
So what Islam did was that it didn't abolish it because that was probably too difficult a task or maybe not in the main interest, but to minimize it and free, free, free. So then that's used here. People knew that benefit, that salawat is actually superior to bringing slaves. It doesn't mean you don't free slaves if you find them. The Messenger of Allah, uh, yes, another one, it will be a source of protection from the turmoil on the Day of Judgment. There will probably be a special lounge with the Prophet ﷺ, close, for the members of Salawat Club. The Messenger of Allah ﷺ will testify on his behalf on the Day of Judgment. He will be your witness. He will be your advocate. He will be your lawyer. He'll be your shafi'i intercessor, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And his intercession is guaranteed. Who better than that? Who better? Another benefit, the person will be protected from the wrath of Allah. He will gain a place in the shade of the throne of Allah. And the pan of his good deeds will be heavier in the scale because of the barakah of Salawat on the Prophet It just adds to it It gives barakah to your deeds He will be honored with presence At the watering place The hawd Of the Prophet Protected from the thirst On the day of judgment And will cross the bridge with speed So some of these As I said we know Now these, some of these are heavier this person is shown his abode in paradise before his death. We know that for numerous people about them, through, the, through what has been related of their experience. That people are shown their abode as to where they're going to die. I mean, the, the, these are not just ulama, these are many common people who are very religious. They, I'm going to die in two days. Or they'll say something ambiguous like that. People won't understand and then... Retrospectively, realize what they're saying. Happened to so many people. It's not even something you need to prove. But anyway, the more salawat, the more salawat. Of course, you have to get to a particular level as to what that is. We ask Allah to allow us to get to that level. He's shown his abode in in paradise before his death, either in his dream or whatever. And his wealth is increased. You get barakah in your wealth. And more than a hundred needs of his are fulfilled. Again, this is just a compilation of all the different narrations. Right? I'm just making them as short, short as possible. Sending blessings is the adornment of a gathering. In the sight of Allah, if you have a gathering and you don't send blessings, that's an that's a empty gathering. There's nothing beautiful about that gathering. But when you send blessings, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad, then that is considered a Gathering and when you want to gather together, you want to bless it. So say Allahumma salli ala once. That's why in between our adhkar, every it's Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. So there's a guy apparently in Jerusalem. There was a clip that was sent about this guy in Jerusalem who gives out free Arabic coffee. I don't know if it's every day or every morning or once a week or something. And basically the idea is everybody going towards Masjid Laksa, I think. He gives out free coffee and just says, Salli ala nabi Salli ala nabi Salli ala nabi Take your one shot, essentially a small shot, and you do salawat on Prophet I'd seen that, and then I was in Jordan just about two months ago. So somebody took us to this famous place where they do kunafa. Right? It's a very small shop, but there's a big line in a narrow alley, right, in Amman. So as we're waiting in that, 
there's this woman who's shouting out something. My, my, salli ala nabi, something like that. Right? So she's essentially a refugee. She's got her daughter with her, or two daughters, young girls, right, little girls. And she's selling water in, all she's got is basically, she doesn't have a refrigerator or anything. She's got this large, uh, large vessel in which she puts some ice and puts the water in there so it stays cool. And she's just basically selling that for, however, three for a dinar or something. And she's basically saying, Salli ala nabi Now, everybody who's standing that, you know what she's saying. saying. Send blessing on the Prophet. I mean, any Muslim is going to send blessings. You say, send blessing on the Prophet. You're going to say it. So while you're standing there for maybe five, seven minutes, you must have said it. And subhanAllah, uh, I bought three from her because that's it that he gave. I had a dinar, so I bought three. And I just felt so sorry for them because of their state that I actually took one gave the other one and then the extra one I put it back into her thing that said it to somebody else and she t- tells me to look at the kid and the kid says haram right it's like no you know we don't take things like that it, it was so so amazing I just couldn't help weeping at that time it was amazing that you know that these people are teaching their children like that in that state so she, she says no ask the child and the child made it very clear we don't take things like that we're, we're basically surviving on this little thing. And then all these people are making salawat. So sending blessings is the adornment of a gathering. And she's reminding all these people who are going to eat kunafa. Right? To send blessings on the Prophet It removes the hardship of poverty. This is exactly why she's probably saying it. It removes the hardship of poverty. You're poor to get by the barakah of you use the barakah of the Prophet ﷺ by sending blessings. And the suppliant, meaning the one who's invoking, he gains closeness to the Messenger of Allah. ﷺ. Not only does the suppliant, the suppliant means the one who's sending blessings, benefit through this act, but so does his progeny. This is mentioned in another tradition. Not only will you benefit from salawat, but your progeny will benefit. Barakah in your, in your children. Until the day of judgment. The more, the better. It provides assistance against his enemies. Purifies the heart from hypocrisy and rust. Because you're connected to the Prophet And it generates love for him in the hearts of others. When somebody sees you sending so much blessings on the Prophet they're going to wonder like, what are you doing? You must be a special person. I should do it. When you see somebody else doing dhikr or sending salawat, you clearly you want to do it yourself. As a mu'min, with that love, you get reminded. Because generally the reason we don't is because we forget or distracted. One of the greatest and most noble of the benefits of salawat on the Prophet is that the person will see the Messenger of Allah in his dream. The more salawat you do, the greater the chance of seeing the Prophet And the last point I have here from that list is, it is one of those actions that are considered to be the most blessed, exalted and beneficial for one's deen and worldly existence. I mean, how can we show our face to the Prophet on the Day of Judgment if in the morning when we wake up, and before sleeping at night, we can't even send 10 blessings upon him. Can you imagine? In the morning, 
you can't send just ten times. And at night time ten times, minimum. What kind of an existence is that? The one through whom we understand the value of our iman. The one whom we owe everything to. And then he actually struggled to get this to us. It wasn't like he came and it was all enjoyment. No, there was struggle for years and years and years and years and years. And the conquest of Makkah. So, there needs to be, we, we need to have for ourselves, I mean we generally recommend 100 in the morning, 100 in the evening, which is not difficult. But minimum 10. And again, this is all easier if we just put, uh, if, if we basically um, make it into a routine and we add. L- let's take a more direct hadith, which is related from Ubay ibn Ka'b radiyallahu He says that, once I asked the Messenger of Allah, O oh Messenger of Allah sallallahu I would like to increase my prayers for blessings upon you. I do a certain amount, but I'd like to increase them more. I'd like to do more Duru Sharif. How much of my invocation should I devote to this? So you know the, t- the time that I spent on du'as. So let's say it's an hour of du'a a day. I do maybe five minutes, ten minutes, whatever it is. How much more should I do? Like out of all my du'as that I do, how much of the percentage of that should, it, should be for sending blessings upon you? So the Prophet ﷺ replied, as much as you like. Right? Whatever you like. So I asked, one quarter? And he said, as much as you like. But the more you do, the better it is for you. So I said, okay, one half then. Because remember the idea is that I must make my other du'as. I need to ask for jannat. I need to ask for blessing, protection and so on. Right? I need to ask all those things. And then again he said, okay, as much as you like, but the more you do, the better it is for you. So then I said, okay, then two-thirds then. His, you can see his tawakkul, his, his assurance of that is growing. This is a movement of your heart, right? This is an increase in your conviction is growing, right? He then said, okay, again he said, as much as you like, but the more you do, the better it is for you. So then... What else has he got to say after two-thirds? He said, okay, I will now devote my entire time of invocation for you. All the time that I've got dedicated for dua, and he must have had a decent time, not five minutes, right? Which I'm assuming, right? <coughs> Although he's got five minutes, how are you going to say one quarter, one half for that? It must have been one, two, three hours, whatever. So then the Prophet ﷺ said on this, then your concerns will be taken care of and your sins will be forgiven. All your concerns, whatever you have will be, now try that. Believe me, I know a person in Medina Munawwara who's from another country and he went there initially for teaching. Uh, th- there was a family there doing business, families there doing business from that particular country and he was brought in to teach their children and so on as, the, as a teacher. And eventually the businesses went down or whatever so they couldn't do that. So he then, obviously he got the love for the, the, the city of the Prophet Sallallahu He didn't want to move out. How does he survive? He's not a businessman. And he told me, that there's a, I can't remember the exact number, but somebody had mentioned to him that if you read Salawat this many times, it's some thousands. Right? I've got it written somewhere. I can't remember, it's like thousands and thousands. Allah will sort you out. This he told me several years ago. He said, we found the shortest Salawat. Right? Allahumma salli ala Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa you know, to get to that number, we want to do it because we're in desperation. I'm not going to do the big one, you know, the one we do in Salat. So he said, 
we got the shortest one, got our family together, his wife, whatever, whoever the older child was and everything. And he said, we just started doing it. And today, mashallah, he's running a wonderful business. He's got a special library there in his home where he teaches his five or six children, uh, alim class, right? His sons and daughters. And he, mashallah, he, he, you know, he sells, he sells different things. And uh, mashallah, Allah helps him in that. And he sufficed for the last several years. So that's why I said you give your... There's, there's huge barakah in the salawats on the Prophet You see, Sheikh Muhammad Manzul Nu'mani on this hadith, rahimahullah, he says that Ubay ibn Ka'b who was given, he liked supplication, he liked du'as. So he decided one day to allocate a portion of his time to praying. Uh, to to pray uh, to doing blessings on the Prophet so that's why he asked the Prophet how much should I do? He must have thought about it. I should add salawat on the Prophet so he, that's why he went and asked the Prophet Obviously, he left it to his discretion first, but then he kept encouraging him. This is very similar, as I mentioned, to another hadith in it's a hadith al Qudsi. This hadith was related by Imam Tirmidhi. This Ubay ibn Ka'bun is uh, just in case you need the reference, it's from Imam Tirmidhi. But the other hadith is uh, about the Quran from At Tirmidhi and Darami. In that one, Allah says, Whoever the Quran occupies from remembering me and beseeching me, whoever does so much Quran dedicates a full time to the Quran that he has no time to make dua to me for his own other needs. I will bestow upon him the best of what I bestow upon those who ask. All the best of the du'as of the world will be accepted for you as well. It's just, uh, isn't that, I mean, shouldn't that be easy to do this now? But how come we can't do it? It does require certain dedication, certain yaqeen, certain conviction. That's why whoever makes his entire daily regimen the recitation of the Quran, this, mean you're not re- you, this does not mean you're reading 24-7. It just means that every time that you've got extra, from your, you, know, you do your business, you do your work, you do your feeding, uh, food, teaching, whatever you have to do, and then any extra time that you got for that, that's all you focus on, keep reading Quran. We're not talking about five minutes a day. We're talking about you know, a substan- substantial amount. Allah will give him a superior reward. Take care of all of his needs. So, you see, when it comes to the salawat on the Prophet you're literally just making salawat on the Prophet Asking for Allah to bless him, give him peace and so on. Now, the Quran one though, when you're reading Quran, the Quran includes a lot of du'as anyway. رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَّاتِنَا قُرَّةَ Right, etc. So, the Quran, obviously if you do that, it's a medley of everything. It's a collection of adhkar, it's a collection of advices, it's a collection of remembrance, it's a collection of du'as. The Qur'an is incorporated in all of that. So essentially what he's doing by doing by giving up his du'as to just do that is he's saying, Ya Allah, I trust what you say and I'm just going to do this and I'll let you take care of it. You must have a certain love. So you must get to a certain love of Allah and His Messenger too get to this level to do that. So, you see, uh, invoking blessings then is a worship that is presented to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa in his grave. 
That's the special thing about this du'a. He hears, he learns of every blessing. So he knows right now, he knows that we are doing this, that we're, we're, we're sending blessings upon him right now. We're like, who are we compared to the billions, the multitudes in the world who may be sending blessings? It's not even Friday. It's not Friday still. I mean, it's Saturday for us, but it's Friday for a lot of other people in the world yet, right? In the Western Hemisphere. So they're probably still somebody that's sending blessings because it's a Friday. And there's other people who are sending blessings anyway. That's why he said in a hadith by Bayhaqin Sha'abul Iman that whoever sends blessings on me at my grave, I will hear it directly, right? And whoever sends blessing upon me far away, meaning away from it, it will be conveyed to me. So right now angels are conveying this. So, I mean, our other supplications have a greater chance of being accepted when it's accompanied with the Durusharif, when it's accompanied with Salawat. That's why Abu Sulaiman al-Darani says, Rahimahullah, invoke blessings at the beginning and at the end of your du'as. Because Allah is definitely going to accept the, 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 the Durusharif, the Salawat, at the beginning and the end. And it is very unlikely that Allah will then say, okay, I'm only going to accept the first and last part, I'm going to miss out the middle part. Because Allah is abundant, He gives. Um, just a few things about tips on seeing the Prophet ﷺ. Scholars have related many experiences in this regard. And they've shared which invocations they recited or they invoked to that are most effective in achieving this. So Imam Sakhawi states that it's been related that whoever desires to see the Prophet ﷺ in their dream should read the following durud, following salawat, an odd number of times. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin kama amartana an nusalli alayhi an nusalli alayhi Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin kama huwa ahlu Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin kama tuhibbu wa tardala Basically means oh Allah bless Muhammad as you have commanded us to bless him You bless him as you've commanded us to bless him and oh Allah bless Muhammad as much as he is deserving of that blessing and oh Allah bless Muhammad as much as your love and good pleasure for him so we've read it once, let's just do it two more times, at least the odd number. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin kama amartana an nusalli alayhi. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin kama huwa ahlu. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin kama tuhibbu wa tardala. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin kama amartana an nusalli alayhi. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin kama huwa ahlu. And Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin to this one should also add Allahumma salli ala ruhi Muhammadin fil arwah wa salli ala jasadi Muhammadin fil ajsad wa salli ala qabri Muhammadin fil qubur which basically means oh Allah bless the spirit of Muhammad among the spirits bless the body of Muhammad among the bodies and bless the grave of Muhammad among the graves however it should be borne in mind that this vision is not re acquired by acts alone, right? But it is granted by Allah to whomever He wishes. So, um, if anybody wants those salawat, I mean, they can come and take a picture of this from me afterwards. But it's in this book as well. Actually, the reason I compiled this kitab is because when I went from England to America, mashallah, in England there's a great tradition of salawat, both among the major groups. 
in among major groups, you know, it's a big issue. It's it's a it's they understand the significance and importance. But and I'm not making any major judgment, but I just realized when I went to America that it wasn't happening. I didn't see it happening as often. It, it, dua, they, people understood, but salawat, people knew there was there. You had to say salawat, but the abundance of it, you know, which has been basically created here through different uh, ulama and everything, it wasn't there. So that's why uh, this, our famous 40 collection, which are all from the hadith, I decided to translate it and write an introduction after doing a lot of research from Imam Sakhawi and all of these other books. And Alhamdulillah, you know, mashallah, I think it, it's helped. Uh, for a lot of people, they, they use the, this 40 collection. It's actually got 15 here and it's got some others as well. They've, they've used it for uh, when they go to Medina Munawara. Lots of people say, I've taken this to Medina Munawara and read it there. Alhamdulillah. So the reward of this actually goes to the compilers of it, right, which is Mawlana Shavari Thanu, who compiled the 40 from the... And then, of course, the great blessing goes to the Prophet ﷺ. So, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us to be closer to him, to his messenger وسلم, and give us the tawfiq to abundant salawat and make that part of our regimen. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma anda salamu wa minka salamu tabarakta ya dhal jalali wal ikram ya ma'din al-judhi wal karam ya arham al-rahimeen ya khayr al-mas'ooleen وَيَا خَيْرُ الْمُعْطِينَ اللَّهُمَّ صَلِّ وَسَلِّمْ عَلَى سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمَّدْ وَعَلَى آلِ سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمَّدْ وَبَارِكْ وَسَلِّمْ اللَّهُمَّ اغْفِرْ لَنَا وَارْحَمْنَا وَعَافِنَا وَاهْدِنَا وَارْزُقْنَا اللَّهُمَّ اهْدِنَا وَاهْدِ بِنَا وَاجْعَلْنَا هُدَاةً لِمَنْ اهْتَدَى اللَّهُمَّ إِنَّا نَسْأَلُكَ تَمَامَ الْعَافِيَةِ وَدَوَامَ الْعَافِيَةِ وَالشُّكْرَ عَلَى الْعَافِيَةِ اللَّهُمَّ اغْفِرْ لَنَا وَلِوَالِدَيْنَا وَلِمَشَائِخِنَا وَلِأَسَاتِذَتِنَا وَلِطُلَّابِنَا ولأزواجنا ولأولادنا ولإخواننا ولأخواتنا ولأصدقائنا ولأقاربنا ولكل من له حق ولكل من له حق علينا ولكل من أوصانا بالدعاء اللهم ارحمهم وعافهم واعف عنهم اللهم اغفر لموتانا المسلمين الذين شهدونك بالوحدانية وماتوا على ذلك يا الله we ask you for your mercy upon this gathering يا الله we ask you for your great blessings upon this gathering we ask you for your generosity. O oh Allah, we have invoked blessings upon our Messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. O Allah, we ask that you grant us great blessings. O oh Allah, that you accept this from us. O oh Allah, that you allow us to do this frequently. O oh Allah, that you make this honor, you make this on, you allow this to flow from our tongues. O oh Allah, as much as you Oh Allah, we ask that you send your abundant blessings on our Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as much as is his right. Ya Allah, we ask that you make it a source of great blessing for us in this world and especially the hereafter. Oh Allah, you raise his status and you do not make us an embarrassment for him. Oh Allah, neither in this world, neither in the hereafter. You make us true Muhammadis. You allow us to fulfill his right. You allow us to really love him and to express our love for him and to emulate him. O oh Allah, to fulfill his sunnah, to observe his sunnah. And O oh Allah, we ask that you make us inspirations for others and you do not make us a deterrence of others from the Prophet ﷺ and this deen. O oh Allah, that you accept whatever little, small, broken offerings that we have, meager offerings that we have in the form of our du'as, our worships, O oh Allah, you allow us to increase them and enhance them. 
Oh Allah, allow us to increase and enhance our worship. Allow us to increase and enhance our love for you and the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Oh Allah, allow us to love everything related to him. To love his sunnah, to love his family, to love his descendants. Oh Allah, to love his ways. And oh Allah, keep them superior in our and allow us to grant preference to his ways over all other ways. Oh Allah, we ask that you Permiss- uh, you fulfill our permissible needs. Whatever tasks we have at hand, O oh Allah, you make them facilitate and, ease, uh, and make them easy for us. O oh Allah, the needs we have with this institute as well. O oh Allah, to find another place. O oh Allah, we ask that you find us a very appropriate, very beneficial, very useful and blessed place for us. O oh Allah, we ask that you bless all of those who are either sitting here or listening. And O oh Allah, we ask that you uh, bless us with sending blessings upon your messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun alal mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin bi rahmatika ya